I'm Morgan Rector, host of the Human Monsters True Crime Podcast. Do you find life boring within the comfort zone? This is the right show for you. It will test your endurance. The offenders profiled are among the most inhumane. These people specialize in the unthinkable. Human Monsters. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Revenge comes in all shapes and sizes. Sometimes it's justified, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it goes too far. But really, that all depends on who you ask. The women on this list felt they did what they had to do to make things right in the world. And now, it's up for you to decide. Hey guys, it's Andrew. Welcome to this Patreon-only patrons episode got some very interesting and surprisingly dark stories on today's episode. This is no run-of-the-mill revenge list, and these stories get pretty heavy. Here's five women who got revenge. Number five, A Mother's Wrath. In the town of Benajuzar, which sits on Spain's scenic Costa Blanca, A tragedy unfolded that left a mother so heartbroken and angry that she couldn't just sit by idly. The story, once it played out, left the nation torn between sympathy and justice, and it will go down as one of Spain's most controversial cases in the early 21st century. The roots of this whole saga start back in 1998 when a young and innocent 13-year-old girl faced the most horrific ordeal of her life. She was brutally assaulted and raped. Her attacker, known only to the public as Antonio C.V., would go on to be caught, tried, and found guilty of his crimes and serve his short sentence. But the horror of that incident was never forgotten by the girl or her family, and they felt justice had not been served. Maria Garcia watched how much this crime affected her daughter. She saw firsthand how her innocence was ripped right from her. Unable to bear the torment her daughter was going through, she then decided to take matters into her own hands. In a very calculated move, she tracked down Antonio, watched his moves, and when the time was right, she cornered him before dousing him in gasoline. She lit him up, and consumed by the flames, he would go on to survive for several agonizing days in the hospital, before ultimately passing away. And many understood why Maria did this, and even felt it was justified, as one can only imagine the pain and anger the woman felt. But taking a life in vengeance posed not just a moral, but also a legal dilemma. Soon after Maria was arrested, and she was found guilty of murder, and despite the swell of sympathy from the public, justice took its course and she was sentenced to nine and a half years behind bars. This was later reduced to five years on appeal, but still Garcia pleaded temporary insanity in an attempt to lower her sentence based on the severe psychological torment she endured after what her and her daughter had been through. A petition signed by 5,000 supporters then landed on the desk of the authorities in town They implored the courts to release Garcia, emphasizing the special circumstances surrounding her case. 
The Spanish court agreed, and, citing reasons including her clean criminal record and her temporary insanity plea, Garcia's sentence was suspended. She had served just one year and ten days in jail when she was eventually released. And so, if you ask her, she says it was all worth it. Number four, Grizzly Thanksgiving. In the late evening hours of Thanksgiving Day of 1991, the relatively quiet streets of Costa Mesa, California were disturbed by a ghastly crime that would shock the nation. Egyptian-born fashion model, 23-year-old Amima Nelson had committed an act of unspeakable brutality against her husband, Bill Nelson. Now, by most standards, these two were a mismatched pair from the jump. Omaima was a young and glamorous model, while Bill was a 56-year-old pilot. They had been married for just three weeks at the time, and only had known each other for a couple weeks more. It was likely that this had something to do with their problem that was about to happen, as Bill should have learned more about who exactly this woman was before such a commitment. On that Thanksgiving day, an argument erupted between the two. Omaima, fueled by rage over alleged sexual abuses and her husband's mistreatment, grabbed a pair of scissors from the counter and jammed them into Bill's stomach and chest several times. As he fought back, she grabbed an even deadlier item, an iron, and with a series of blows to the head, she smashed him until he was dead, even breaking the iron apart from the sheer force. However, the aftermath of this supposed revenge plot is where the gravy thickens. As Bill lay on the floor, Amima didn't hesitate to butcher him into pieces. He boiled his hands to remove his fingerprints and tossed his head in the freezer. And, in an act of symbolic revenge, he even went as far as to castrate him. Amima then allegedly used the occasion of Thanksgiving to dine on her deceased husband's ribs which he cooked up with barbecue sauce. The details of this macabre crime began to emerge days later when a tip led police to body parts in Bill's parked car. When they visited the former couple's home, that's where they found his additional remains. Omaima was arrested for first-degree murder. At trial, her defense team cooked up a picture of a lady subjected to repeated sexual abuses at the hands of Bill, a man who engaged in BDSM without her consent. Prosecutors showed that, contrastingly, it was Omaima who was the predator. After all, she did butcher him up and eat him. On January 10th of 1993, after six days of deliberation, Omaima Nelson was found guilty of second-degree murder and sentenced to 27 years to life in prison. Number three, the grid of Belinda Lane. In Riverside, California, a tale of tragedy, vengeance, and the power of a mother's love all began on the night of February 24, 2006. Crystal Theobald, a young mother of two, was unwittingly pulled into a web of gang violence, leading to her heartbreaking and untimely death at the hands of a local 5150 gang. Crystal, her boyfriend, and brother Justin had been innocuously following their mother, Belinda, as they journeyed through Riverside, 
As the group stopped at an intersection near their home, a white Ford expedition lurched up beside them. Moments later, the quiet night was ruptured by the piercing sounds of gunfire. As a bullet found its mark, Crystal was tragically shot in the back of the head, later succumbing to her injuries at the hospital. The sad revelations made by former 5150 gang member Manuel Lemus would suggest that this was a tragic case of mistaken identity. The 5150s, earlier targeted in a drive-by, were on high alert, prepared to confront the rival gang members they believe were out for blood. When Crystal's car pulled up, they thought it was them and opened fire. Belinda Lane's world was then completely shattered. As she stood beside her dying daughter, she made a solemn vow. I promise you, baby girl, you will have justice. Little did the world know that this grieving mother would turn out to be one of the most relentless forces the 5150 gang would ever face. Unsatisfied with the initial pace of the police investigation, Lane took matters into her own hands. Alongside Crystal's young cousin Jamie, the duo employed a brilliant strategy, leveraging the early days of social media to ensnare the culprits. Using MySpace, they created a profile named Angel, adorned with Crystal's pictures, setting the bait to trap her killers. They got people talking, and the ruse was eerily successful. Belinda and Jamie were able to get close to William Joke Satello, the teenager responsible for driving the fatal vehicle that night. Their digital investigation led to the revelation of Satello's ownership of the White Ford Expedition, providing the police with crucial evidence. However, the slippery Satello eluded immediate arrest and disappeared across the border, living covertly as a chili farmer in Mexico. But this wasn't just about Satello. The information and testimonies of other former 5150 members, including the Lemus brothers, would culminate in the incarceration of the trigger man, Julio Littlejuero Heredia, who was sentenced to life in prison in 2011. However, Belinda's mission was far from over. The elusive Satello remained at large, but not for long. With her indomitable spirit and some sleuthing on Facebook, Lane received a pivotal tip that would lead to Satello's capture. By 2020, he was behind bars, sentenced to 22 years for voluntary manslaughter. This monumental case showcased the potent amalgamation of a mother's determination and the advent of social media. Riverside Police Lieutenant Christian Dinko was unabashed in his admiration for Lane asserting that her digital detective work was pivotal. Without her unyielding drive, he believed, Satello might still be at large. Number 2. The Dark Secret of Lackland Near the revered grounds of the Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, a harrowing tale unfolded making headlines across the country. On September 9th of 2015, Bexar County Sheriff's deputies received a garbled emergency call where they could hear desperate cries from a woman. They traced the caller and raced to the scene. When they burst inside, two women were discovered. One seemingly free and unharmed, 
while the other appeared to have been trapped for days, enduring unimaginable torment. The traumatized woman shared a gut-wrenching story. She'd been bound, zip-tied to a chair, and threatened with death using a knife and scissors. The perpetrators had also subjected her to a sinister blood ritual where they forcibly cut her hair and slashed her palm, drawing blood. Adding to the situation, she claimed they injected her with a potent drug believed to be heroin and made her swallow a pill which rendered her unconscious. So how did she manage to call for help? Through sheer will and determination, she managed to convince one of her captors, Tina San Nichols, to let her go and seize the chance to call 911 while another suspect, James Serta, was momentarily outrunning errands. Digging deeper, the investigation unveiled a twisted motive behind this disturbing incident. Mercedes Salazar, said to be the puppeteer behind this horrifying act, believed the victim had a hand in her brother's murder. But this wasn't just a sinister, random act of violence. It was an act driven by vengeance. The victim had once been romantically involved with Salazar's brother, who had met a grisly end in August. Salazar was convinced that this woman had crucial information, or perhaps even a direct role in his demise. While the four suspects, Mercedes Salazar, James Serta, Tana San Nichols, and Tristan Smith, found themselves facing charges of aggravated kidnapping, another mystery loomed large. Was the victim truly innocent, or did she have a more sinister role in the murder of Salazar's brother? Well, that was never fully revealed, but for the crime, Salazar received a sentence of 17 years, and the other three got a mix between three and seven. Number one, the pursuit of justice. In the heart of Tamaulipas, Mexico, a state ensnared by the suffocating grasp of the drug cartels and their vicious feuds, The story of Miriam Rodriguez Martinez emerges as a beacon of relentless courage and a chilling reminder of the price of justice. On a seemingly ordinary day in 2012, the world of Miriam turned upside down when her 14-year-old daughter Karen vanished. She'd been abducted, leaving Miriam plunged into every parent's worst nightmare. The initial shock was soon replaced by a growing rage as the lethargy of the local authorities became evident. Driven by an insatiable need for justice, Miriam embarked on her own perilous investigation. The trail led her to the very bowels of darkness where she unearthed the remains of her beloved daughter. Further probing revealed the ominous hand of Los Zetas, a ruthless cartel birthed from ex-Special Forces soldiers behind Karen's death. Miriam's relentless pursuit culminated in the arrest of the primary suspect behind her daughter's murder, but Miriam's fight didn't end there. Recognizing the festering wound of drug-related disappearances, she founded a non-governmental group, an army of 600 families united by shared grief They delved into the labyrinth of the Mexican drug underworld, aiming to bring closure to countless families torn apart by violence. Over a decade, Mexico had spiraled into a pit of lawlessness, 
with 200,000 souls lost and over 30,000 vanishing into thin air. It was families like Merriam's that unearthed horrifying clandestine mass graves, each discovery a tragic testament to the brutality of the cartels. Yet the pursuit of justice in a land where darkness thrives is not without peril. Merriam's bravery and determination painted a target on her back. The very beast she had dared to challenge sought vengeance. Despite pleas for protection, especially following the escape of her daughter's killer, the promised shield of the state remained elusive. And it was on Mother's Day, a day when the anguished cries of countless mothers rang across the land, demanding justice for their lost children, that tragedy struck. Gunmen stormed Merriam's San Fernando residence, ending their life in a hail of bullets. Her death was not just the silencing of a brave mother, but an eerie echo of the unchecked violence that has plagued the region. Giovanni Barrios Moreno, a comrade in arms whose own son had disappeared, mourned her loss. He lamented the harrowing state of Tamaulipas, where the very essence of security seemed like a distant dream. The Gulf Cartel, once the reigning power, now found its authority challenged by the very group it spawned, Los Zetas. Recent eruptions of violence following the death of a prominent crime lord only added to the state's volatility. The tale of Miriam Rodriguez Martinez serves as a grim reminder of the trials faced by those brave enough to defy the drug cartels. In a land where justice seems like a fleeting mirage, her story stands as a testament to the undying spirit of a mother's love and the high price of truth. So there were five women who got revenge. Told you they were going to be a little darker than you might have thought. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. And thank you so much for tuning in and supporting us. It truly means a lot. Thanks again. I'll see you guys soon.